I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, we have hit the halfway mark of 2023. Yeah, what the hell happened here? The year is gone. It's flying. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to blink and all of a sudden we're going to be in like Halloween season, which apparently oh, for most people starts in August for some reason. Oh, yeah, that one was a little weird. Over the last few years, I've like noticed it. that people just want to skip the end of summer and head straight into spooky season. It's ridiculous. And I'm you like, I, res- I respect season. it. No, Hold I on. respect it. Hold on. What? You cannot have spooky season when the thermometer is still <laughs> above 80. You can't. But that's Florida, bruh. That's anywhere. No. <laughs> there are people online that are like, can't wait to celebrate July 4th so that way July 5th I can bring in spooky season. I was like, no. No, 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 no. But you're a purist. You're a holiday purist. I am a purist. That's true. Like, I'm not. I won't have my first pumpkin spice latte until September. No. September no. is the Come right on. time to have it. Not in August where they're like throwing this out here. I feel the same way about Epcot has the Food and Wine Festival. It's supposed to be a fall festival. When is it happening now? <laughs> Middle really of July. <laughs> no. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's completely yeah. wrong. Just have it a just, summer festival. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I I'm hear just saying. you. But we're here. We're going to actually look back at the year that we've had so far. Yes. From January all the way up to now, just before a giant weekend, a couple of giant weekends. So excited. Because we have Barbenheimer and... Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible, and we're not, we have not watched these movies yet. We have to, we had to get this episode in before we watch these movies. Yes. Because it would just be rude. (laughs) Yeah, it would. And we wanted to make sure that, like, we kind of found a week here where it was just dead enough where Mm -hmm. we could be like, okay, let's look back at what we've seen so far and kind of judge the year so far. So before we start judging the year and naming our favorite movies so far, just some housekeeping out of the way. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get a bunch of extra content for as little as $2 a month, guys. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And shout out to our patrons, Curtis Bale, Cindy City, Alana Grace, Lorna Lee, Sammy, and Caitlin. Thank you so much for being supporters of the show, of the entire brand. Uh, Today, like we mentioned, we're going to look back at 2023 so far Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of see where we stand with the movies and what our favorite movies are. Jessica, how do you feel so far, movie-wise, about 2023? I um, I think it's weak. We kind of said the same thing last year, didn't we? We did. It's on par with 2022. Very, very top heavy at the top, but then like a precipitous yeah. fall from from the very top. I, I think the summer was supposed. Okay, we're halfway through the summer, mm-hmm. so there's yeah. more summer movies to come out. We just mentioned three. Yes, plus all of the Oscar bait movies, which come later in the year, and like right. weird ass movies that don't really have a, a spot earlier in the year for whatever reason. So there is still a lot to come. But this first half of the year, I do feel was rather weak. Only a few standouts that I'm like, this is an amazing film. It's going to live on well past 2023. It's going to enter the zeitgeist. And I'm going to think about this as being a really great film that I saw in 2023. I agree with you. I think there's... Um, there were surprises this uh, in the first half of the year movies that I think no one really went into them thinking that they would be something. Mm-hmm. And then they turn into something that did, you know, happen to be in the zeitgeist. Uh, one movie that I can definitely say only because neither one of us have it in our top 10. Uh, the biggest surprise I think this year was the Super Mario Bros movie. 
the fact that that is a movie that made <laughs> $1.3 billion, billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's like a huge surprise. And then there were there's movies and uh, I know I have one on my list and then there's one on your list where I think people went into it with not high expectations and then people came out of it and were like oh that was a genuine surprise Mm -hmm. and so that's what i think that this year so far has kind of given us is just movies that are good you a good time to be at the movies a couple surprises some of them are forgettable i will agree with you on that um and looking at my list i i would be honest and say probably out of the 10 movies I have, probably only three make it to the end of the year on the Correct. list. Correct. Same for me. Same That's for what me. I'm thinking. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's go yeah. ahead and talk about our list. So okay. we'll take turns going back and forth, uh, 10 to 1. So I'll let you go with your first movie. Jessica, well, what's your number 10? My no- well, let me preface this by saying... I would love to dump the last five movies that I have on my list because I don't feel like... <laughs> you don't feel particularly strong no. about that? No, I don't. But I had to fill out the list. So that's my... Fair enough. <laughs> PSA. Number 10 on my list is No Hard Feelings with J-Law. Yes, a, a recent entry. Yeah, raunchy oh. comedy that was a little light on the raunch. One scene in particular that had people talking, mm-hmm. had us raising our eyebrows because we didn't expect it. Apparently, there was no CGI involved in J-Law doing this nude beach fight scene. German <laughs> which suplex is, the guy. <laughs> which <laughs> I just thought it was really heartfelt, the movie, and quite entertaining and a solid comedy for, yeah. for the year. So Yeah, exactly. I think it is a very solid comedy, although I will say that uh, later on my list, I saw such a hilarious movie and i'm so glad that i got to see it damn Um, or uh (laughs) i saw it like two weeks ago and it was fantastic uh so i will say i think you've seen more movies this year than i have have you because on just looking at my list of movies that i've seen this year that are 2023 movies i've seen 33 yeah i think you've seen way more than wow really that's interesting and i (laughs) i had this goal of like watching a lot of movies this year it has completely fallen by the wayside (laughs) okay uh i i want that to be usually it's opposite yes i want that to be a bit of a side quest here um while i am talking about my number 10 if you could pull up your stats like from letterbox because i know you like log the movies and stuff i well that's the other thing is that i sort of fell off of logging i just logged a bunch of stuff today with no thought for when exactly i watched it i was like i just need to rate this so that i know that i watched it that you watched it this year yeah yeah so uh you can kind of do that thing i'll talk about my number 10 and then, you know, we'll we'll talk about our movie habits so far of the year. <laughs> uh, so my number 10 was a surprise movie, came out near the end of March, and that was Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I thought, oh, wow, that's your number 10? That's my number 10, yeah. I think that it was a surprise comedy action type of movie. Chris Pine is fantastic. I love Chris Pine. I think Chris Pine... Is the best of the Chris's. He is carrying that movie. Oh, for sure. Carrying it. On that charisma that he has. Yeah. He is so charismatic. And I just wish that there was more of him just out in Hollywood, you know? Um, And then, like, the... (laughs) I still remember the... uh, Spoiler for Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, no. uh, But the moment where Michelle Rodriguez's character goes back home to see... Her husband and her, yeah, husband her ex is played by a miniaturized version of Bradley Cooper. Right. It was right. it was such a funny moment seeing that in theaters. Yeah. I could not believe that that had happened. Uh, overall, still a, a fun movie. Third act is a little weird. Uh, but then again, a lot of these studio movies, their third acts are just, you know, kind of a mess sometimes. But this one. Very, very entertaining. I got a number for you for how many movies I've 2023 releases I've watched this year. Okay. 25. 25. 
yeah. releases from 2023. And there might be a couple that I'm missing, but again, I don't think that that number is way off. Gotcha. For me, I have watched uh, 33 in the year. Uh, total movies that I've seen this year, I'm at 57. Which You're way so, you are I blowing am. me out of the water. This so year. I remember that I made my my idea and my quest to get up to 120 movies. So I'm slightly off pace for the year. Mm-hmm. I got We're you. halfway through. I'm a little short, yeah. but I could pick it up. There's going to be a lot of movies coming out the rest of the year that I there's can... yeah. It's going to be plus, a high high momentum. Plus, it's Criterion season right now. Like. There's oh, the Criterion, uh, Criterion sale at Barnes and Noble, and oh. I picked up five movies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll talk about those movies later on, but uh, okay, we'll yeah, twenty five for me. And I, you know, I tend to watch stuff that I are released in previous years that I never got around to watching. Like I had never seen Three Ten to Yuma. Oh. They're, so I watched that. it the other day with my sister. Oh my god, we loved it. 310 to Yuma. Freaking love that Western. Nice. It was great. Like, we were like, oh, my God. So things like that end up on Letterboxd as just getting logged. But it doesn't count towards my 2023 release, like, Right. Exactly. No, same thing for me. Like, 33 in the year, but 57 overall. So there are movies that I went back to watch for the first time. But again, I think you're blowing me out of the water this year. Unless I make a huge comeback Comeback in in the the latter half half of the year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which right. I could probably, if I made an effort, I could probably do. Okay, my number nine movie is, this is very surprising to me, but here we are. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is my number movie. nine. What? A Marvel movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who would have thought? So <laughs> I think this movie was um, pretty good, pretty solid. I liked it way better than Volume 2. Me too. Me too. Oh my God, way better than Volume 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the movie, the the whole splitting the timeline kind of where we're in present, but then we keep looking back at Rocket's story. Uh, it, it's unfair what they were doing <laughs> with those scenes, man. Yes. Like they were really trying to induce some some tears out of me with, with those yeah. scenes. They, what did I say on our review? I said, oh, they went for the emotional jugular. Yes, they did. <laughs> Who can defend against the cutest little baby raccoon that they have rendered in perfect CGI and is talking and it has a little baby voice and it's getting mistreated and it's in pain? Like, what what are you going to do? Of course, you're going to root for this character. Of course, you're going to be invested. Yes, totally going to be invested. I totally understand. Um I will say that the the villain, looking back okay. at it with enough distance, a little yeah. weak. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but uh, demented. Demented, for sure. I think that's a positive. I mean, you could argue that almost every single Marvel villain is demented, but I thought this one In was a little more demented. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe animal cruelty versus hum- human cruelty will win out every time. But um, I think it's because we care more about animals than we do about than we do about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh my ah, goodness! Shit. So all right, so <laughs> good movie, Guardians. Uh, yes, Guardians at your number nine. My number nine. Uh, it's a movie, uh, small independent movie. It is You Hurt My Feelings. This okay. is starring Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, It came out at the end of May, um, and Uh it was a great time because this is about a marriage between an author and a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist is questioning himself as in, am I good at this Mm -hmm. after all these years? Mm -hmm. Or am I just bad? Because like you see his interaction with his patients and they're not leaving satisfied from his sessions. And then at the same time, his wife, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, is an author who's trying to get a second book published and he's encouraging her. But the crux of the story is that she overhears a conversation that he has with a friend saying, I didn't like the book. I think it's terrible. (gasps) 
Oh. But he's been telling her, you know, oh. it's really good. Just get it to the publisher. Get it. So oh my she God. is now living with the this knowledge. This is devastating that he's pro- lying to her. You about- hurt my feelings. Yes. So now she's living with the knowledge of my husband <gasps> thinks that my book sucks. Yeah. He thinks and my he writing is trash. Me. Yeah. And he won't tell me. So that dichotomy of the two... Ooh. Like going back and forth. Where can I watch this? Was this just in theaters? It was in theaters. I okay. can see if maybe it's out right now. I don't know yet, but it was a good time. My brother watched it more than once. It, oh, well, I think Miguel this was my brother's tough, favorite tough movie. Sell. Oh, wow. Yeah, he really loved that movie. And um not surprised because he is not the type to really like super big action type of movies or anything so this is mm-hmm. his thing mm-hmm. uh right i've now, seen him with the criterion yeah exactly. he's been going really hard he's been on going the criterion hard. stuff yes. yeah so that movie right now is available on uh for rent on apple tv uh, I... so i'm guessing it'll come out pretty soon it's directed and written by nicole hall of center who if i'm not mistaken nicole hall of center was the third writer on the last duel she came in to write oh, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jodie Comer's parts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she was the writer and director. Uh, uh, it, it was it's funny movie at times. Like it's it's kind of like this dry humor. Oh, I love uh, between that. characters. So very enjoyable movie. I didn't so, hear a lot about it, but I think I've seen a few scenes on TikTok making the uh, rounds. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it, when you said Julie Louis Dreyfus, I was like, oh. That sounds like that clips, those clips that I've seen. Exactly. So that is my number nine. And that is You Hurt My Feelings. So uh, let's go to our number eights. What's your number eight? My number eight is, I'm looking around to make sure no one's going to pop out. It's Cocaine Bear. That's insane. Which is insane (laughs) to me. The movie's balls to the wall (laughs) nonsense. And... I was super entertained. Wow. I, again, if I could dump this, the last half of my list, I would be perfectly fine. Right. With just saying my like top, top four, top five. But since I had to fill out a top 10, I was like, well, cocaine bear. <laughs> so that's why I'm bear. talking about gotcha. a raging cocaine bear. Wow. That, if you want to hear our yeah. thoughts on that movie, definitely go check it out on the podcast feed. Scroll back uh, earlier this year. <laughs> um, I found it to be somewhat enjoyable, but I think they really uh, missed out on how crazy they could have gotten. I, I still feel like they did not go as crazy as they really? could have with the whole a bear is on cocaine. There was a lot of scenes with the humans. Not enough okay. bear. Okay. That was my biggest thing about the I, movie. I, okay. I see what you're saying, but Just, also yeah. what we got was pretty crazy, so. Fair enough. It was yeah. pretty crazy. You're right. You are right about that. So <laughs> that was your number eight. My number eight is a rom-com Ho. called Rye Lane. Okay, I've never um, even heard this. So this movie, it, it's straight to Hulu. Uh, oh. It did come out this year. It's about a two uh, black English um, like young adults who are both struggling with just getting out of relationships. And they meet and it is like a day long type of event where they spend the entire day together after meeting. And they're walking around the city of London. Uh, you can kind of draw comparisons but only in the in the nature of how the movie carries itself, like with something along the lines of before sunset, mm-hmm. you know, two people mm-hmm. meet for the first time and then they like take the city together for one day type of thing. A lot of walk and talks. A lot of walk and talks. Uh, it is the use of visual gags. It is oh. hilarious. They do such an incredible job of uh Putting something on the screen visually, an example is <laughs> the he's describing, you know, what what were the signs that he saw that led to the him breaking up. up. Yeah. And so like he's imagining himself in a movie theater waiting for her 
And then th- them imagining are standing in the hall watching him. Okay, got you. And so like he like answers his phone and then she's overlooking his shoulders like, wait a minute, what was that? And then like it's like a FaceTime. And then in the background, you see that it was like the guy's best friend over at her place. So it was like, wait a minute, hold on. You didn't tell me that it was your best friend who oh. was the one that broke you guys up. Like, and so it's it's a lot of back and forth. It's really funny. It flew under the radar, but I highly recommend checking it out. It's it's rated R, so there are some like crude jokes in there and some visual gags. So you're like, oh, okay. Wasn't ready for that. <laughs> but if, uh, it's a great time. And if you love rom-coms, I can't recommend it enough. Nice. Rye Lane. Wow. On Hulu. Great. So. I'm feeling that 25 movies <laughs> versus your 30-something. All right. My number seven movie is Extraction 2. Wow. <laughs> Extraction 2. Tyler Rake is back. So... I had a fantastic time watching this movie. I think I like it even more than the first movie. It's got that like expendables feel to it where it's like, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But I thought it was the right amount of serious and the right amount of stunts and choreography and action and explosions and um, the 20 minute wonder in it yeah. was really astounding to and ex- just cool to experience because uh, you know we were sitting there and the, the sequence started and I go I don't I think I think they haven't cut I think this is that 20 minute runner wonder and experiencing with my it with my sister and being like there I think there's a 20 minute the uncut scene and she goes, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't believe you. Yeah. Like, the yeah, scene right. keeps going and going and going. The sequence is never ending. And they're in and out of cars and explosions and handheld and cranes and all. Quanta cosa. And again, we were so enthralled by the sheer effort that it took to put this. Together. Obviously, it's not 20 minutes. It's stitched together. Right. I understand that, but it was uh, very fun and um, yeah, just a solid action movie. Again, I thought it was better than the the first one, uh, <laughs> but like, I can't believe I'm saying this. Extraction 2 for my number seven spot. All right. Extraction 2. Yeah. All right. Have you watched it? Did you finally watch I it? I finally did. Okay. Um, I can go ahead and spoil <laughs> it. will not be on my list. No, yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Uh, so uh, my number seven, uh, we already mentioned it, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ah, okay. Uh, so just a little bit higher. Um, I I really felt like James Gunn inside of the Marvel machine, being able to make a trilogy that kind of feels so singular. It uh-huh. does not feel like. Oh, they're t- talking about this and making ref, you know, like they're trying to grasp onto the giant Marvel machine. They're telling their own story. And yeah, they they pick stuff that happened in other movies, but they don't dwell on them too much. Mm-hmm. I I really enjoy that he got to make his own thing. The musical choices are great. Um, yeah. I think it's number 2 in the trilogy overall, and it was a I think it was a great way to just end that saga of the guardians of the galaxy Mm -hmm. uh there's a report that we're gonna get like a star lord movie coming up sometime in the future okay so we'll see what what that comes from but yes uh since i already kind of talked about it that'll be the end of my thoughts on guardians of the galaxy volume three so that was my number seven what is your number seven oh you mean six oh six i'm so sorry my number six movie is the Little Mermaid. Interesting. Yes. I think I credit it to TikTok somehow knew that I had watched Little Mermaid <laughs> and fed me 
pretty much every single thirst trap video of Jonah Howard King that um. was created. So I was like eating up all of this content and was in this tiny bubble of The Little Mermaid is basically the best movie ever made. And I have distilled it down to it's a pretty solid movie. It's definitely got issues and things that I don't like. You can head back to our episode on it to hear basically a rundown of uh, nitpicks and things that I just didn't like about the movie. But it was pretty solid, very entertaining. And I think the chem- just the chemistry between Jonah Howard King and um, Halle Bailey was phenomenal. Yeah. I yeah. think she's great as mm-hmm. Ariel. I really do. Yeah. Um, I think that this is probably one of the better uh, live action adaptations that 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close is still in the top five for me. The Cinderella remake the Lily with James one Lily James is top notch and then everything else sort of <laughs> is down below right yeah but this one was not bad this one was I not still bad remember one. watching Dumbo oof in what was it 2018 Yo, yes 2018 or 2019 one of those two and um, having to put together thoughts on that because I think we did an episode on it yes we early did. early it has to be on the Patreon feed because it's been archived on there. It is so dumb. Oh yeah, like it that does movie, put the dumb. It <laughs> in Dumbo. It really does. I know you didn't. The fact even that, and it. then that I remember thinking, why is Alan Arkin in this movie? <laughs> Rest in peace, Alan Arkin. <laughs> R.I.P. Just passed away. Um, yeah, oh, why is man. he in that movie? Why is why? Michael Keaton in that movie? Yeah. Why is Colin Farrell in that movie? I, Who knows. <laughs> So, yeah, that was a bad movie. Anyway, so uh, Little Mermaid, pretty solid entry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was your number six. All right. My number six is uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, I really like this movie. Like this, starting from here up, these movies are really good for me. Okay. Like I really enjoyed them. Uh, I want to watch this movie again. Just because I had such a fun time. It's amazingly charming. Uh, the girl, Abby Ryder Fortson, uh, you may know her as the little girl from the Ant-Man movies. She was the daughter. Mm-hmm. She's a little grown up now, like at least as a teen. Um, Rachel McAdams, give her more parts. <laughs> she is amazing in this movie. So is Kathy Bates. Everybody brings their A game in this movie. So I was in the pool the other day with my mother and she was talking about, oh, I saw that they did a movie version of Are You There, Goddess Me, Margaret. And she goes, I read this book when I was a kid in school in the 70s and I loved it and it was about this and it was about that and it was about growing up and all this stuff. And she like had such fond memories of reading the book. She was like, is the movie any good? And I said, I think it is. I've never watched it, but I think everyone... Seems to agree that it's really good. And she was like, oh, okay. And I felt really nice to talk to her really fast about this book to movie adaptation that's decades yeah. in the making, right? And what's what's really big, I would say, about this, the you know, this Judy Bloom, you know, novel is that it is geared towards young girls, but the movie Although it is very dominantly meant for girls, this is a movie that I would highly recommend for boys to watch as well to truly understand the mindset of a girl. Like to oh, really okay. know like <laughs> what they're going through, you know, when they're getting to that age of maturing, be, you know, going through puberty. Mm-hmm. Like what is it that they're going through that you, maybe you don't know or don't understand because – you don't have that much experience with women in your life, girls in your life. This is something that I think would be crucial. And they do it in a fun, uh, inviting, charming, war- heartwarming way. Mm-hmm. You can't help but root for, you know, the little girl, Margaret, and just her struggles of wanting to grow breasts and wanting to get her period and like wanting to grow <laughs> up, you know, Um 
while all of her friends, like one by one, they were like, I got it. And, you know, <laughs> and oh, my God, really? And like all of them are looking at each other. Who's going to be the last one to get in? They're all like, oh, no, I don't want to be oh last. Oh, my God. And so, so it is so cute. And then Rachel McAdams just being this amazing mother. I saw the one scene with her talking about being disowned by her parents. Yes. Yes. That is. A and I was like, oh, God, I was very. I teared up. I was like, I don't sure. know if I can watch this because this is very heavy and very well done. So I, uh, I, that's a great pull for yeah. this list. It is available to watch. Uh, you can uh, rent it right now through like Amazon or whatever. Uh, it's available. So I highly recommend it. Nice. All right. So that was my, my number six. What is your number five? My number five is Creed 3. Hey. I'm not sure if I need to elaborate on why Creed 3 is on here, but <laughs> 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 very good sequel. And Michael B. Jordan is wonderful in his in this is it a directorial debut, I think. It is. It is. Very solid. Um, interesting choices that he made in how this was shot, if I recall, and solid performances all around. Um, I like it. It's good. I really loved his visual component to the physical parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, the fact that anime was such a strong influence, you know, where, you know, a close-up on the eyes and, like, action going behind uh the slow-mo of the punches uh that one shot of like him taking a shot to the gut and then the 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 uh sweat bouncing off of his back like an incredible shot visceral yes visceral is what you would say about this movie and then the the final act um you know being between these two characters who you know are are they grew up together and then all of the manifestation of what it means for them being in that ring and seeing it unfold, you know, in not so subtle subtext. Oh yeah. 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 You know, I, I found it to be a very interesting way of showing what they're going through in their head because Mm -hmm. this is a battle of not only the physical, but also the mental between them. Right. So Yeah. A uh, very enjoyable movie. Didn't make my top ten, but it, it was a very good start to Michael B. Jordan's directing career. Yeah, I agree. All right, my number five. This is the movie right here. This is the comedy that I was like just astounded by. I could not <laughs> believe. Uh, it is called Theater Camp. It's not okay. out yet. It actually comes out this weekend, and it stars Ben Platt. And uh, Molly Gordon. Uh, okay. And it's about a theater camp. You're so excited. Like, I see you smiling. <laughs> You're so excited to talk about this movie. So it's about a theater camp up north. It's kind of based on a real theater camp in the... Uh, Ad- how do you say it? Arond- Adirondacks? Adirondacks. Adirondacks. Ad- or, go. I'm so sorry. It's not Adirondacks. It's Adirondacks. <laughs> Adirondacks. So yes. the theater camp is called Adirondacks. Quit. So quit. And quit. it is fantastic. It's it's almost like a mockumentary because you know you still oh, you have a camera crew in there a little bit. This is and, right up my alley. Oh my god! And like the cringe that we get from oh my god. Oh just my god. them going over the top with all the theater type of stuff. Um, and do they one, have interviews and stuff? Not. Kind oh. of, kind of. Uh, every once in a while, they'll like one or two people will like kind of talk to the camera, but not fully the okay. entire way through. But I um, love when they do that in the movies. There is like more- a best in show. Yes. Oh my! Something God. along those lines. So freaking hilarious. Okay. So the main premise is that uh, two ladies run this camp. One of them g- falls into a coma before the what? camp starts. What? Yes, falls okay. into a coma, and the son kind of takes over, and the son is like this YouTuber streamer guy. Oh, What's no. What's up, guys? And all that on his GoPro, <laughs> um, and nobody at the camp likes him because they think, oh, this 
this idiot is here yeah. and we're yeah. here to do art you know like they're like very <laughs> into it yeah. and um they have like this entire thing where they're putting on shows and then there's a deliberation of like which kids are going to be in this one and this one and like you you hear them having these ridiculous conversations like <laughs> about a 12 year old girl is like i just don't feel like she's giving off enough of a prostitute to be able to play this part like just like <laughs> i need to watch is it it's gonna be in theaters is this it a weekend release? it'll be in theaters oh theater my god camp. check it out uh, i highly recommend you go see it i might go see it, it again Bro, I like, have to see it. It is hilarious. It is such a funny movie. I have to see. I might go. And oh, no, I can't. Go. I'll, a, I'll go this week for sure. It's got a really good cast. Uh, so I mentioned uh, Ben Platt. Obviously, he's, you know, he has that stink from, you know, uh, <laughs> what's the movie? Uh, Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> The Sorry. cast is really good. So Molly Gordon, you'll probably know her from she's in the second season of The Bear, but she's also in Booksmart. Um, same thing with Jimmy Tatro, uh, Noah Galvin. Like these are all. So I saw guys. the trailer not long ago and I was yeah. like, this looks really funny. But you talking through it. I'm convinced that I will love this movie. I think you're going to love this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if you want to watch it, let me know so we can <laughs> so I can go watch it again. <laughs> so. All right. Nice. So that's theater camp. That was my number five. My number five movie this year. OK. My number five movie. Oh, sorry. Number four is John Wick 4. <laughs> John Wick 4. John Wick. John Wick. Yep. I mean, so yep. I'm going to jump in here and say that this is my number three. And oh, there's a reason okay. why it, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> but okay. we could kind of just jump back and forth here. So John Wick 4. John Wick like, 4. What is there to say that hasn't already been said about John <laughs> well, Wick 4? So I rewatched it the other day with oh, my okay. family because we were waiting for it to go on streaming so that we could all watch it all together. Because we love, we're a John Wick family, okay? <laughs> and um, other than it being really long, That's inordinately long, it's a very good movie. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. He barely speaks in the movie. Oh, that's by design, too. That's by design. Yeah. Um, the sequences are still so memorable. Uh, there's the Japan sequence in Osaka. Mm -hmm. Uh I love the way it's lit. I love the way that all these movies are lit and shot. I don't know why it's taken so long for action movies to take a page out of like the Roger Deakins book of cinematography oh, yeah, no. and really put some effort and art into how this is shot, right? Yes. And maybe it's because Skyfall, I feel like Skyfall did a lot. Speaking of Deacons speaking and speaking of, Deacons, of action, yeah. that movie is stunning. And look what he did for James Bond in that movie. It's the best James Bond movie from Daniel Craig. And I don't know why action movies just don't seem to get the play when it comes to award seasons. Why is there no stunt choreography um, Oscar category? I don't, I don't know, but these John Wick movies... It's not that they're getting better. It's just that they're getting more creative because I yes. feel like if you talk to people, they'll probably be like, no, I think I still like the first one. Oh, I still like this one. And people have their preferences. But I love the lore. I love the world. And it's beautiful to look at. It really is like that. The one shot where they're above the hotel in Osaka and there's a, a cherry blossom blowing in the wind. Yeah, with yeah. these neon lights behind them like just wonderful noir type of like neo-noir i i loved it and yeah. then the store coordination i saw a video of the arc de triomphe like you know circling with the cars i think i sent it to you where he was you probably did 
he was training for that sequence because he did. Keanu Reeves was actually driving. Yes. With a gun, doing all of these complex moves and donuts and like drifting, and it was unbelievable. It really is. The man is unassailable. Insane. Insane. And it's practical. That's what's killing me is that like a lot of it. A lot of it's practical. practical. And sure, they'll add things like after. Oh, yeah. Or they'll fix things. Or if there's wires, they'll take the wires out. Whatever the case is. That's fine. But like he's still driving the car. He's driving the car. Yeah. And we're going to get a we're going to get that soon um, this week when we see Dead Reckoning. In like two days after this recording. We're back at it. We're going to see another Arc de Triomphe uh, sequence. So Paris is popular. It's stinky, but it's popular. Yo, there is nothing (laughs) like like filming something at the Arc de Triomphe. Like, I feel like that is like a chase scenes, like big magnum opus (laughs) moment is being able to like drive inside of that chaos. I remember going, and this is kind of a tangent, but I remember during the pandemic when we didn't have any movies to review, any new mm-hmm. movies. So we just went back and we did that Hitchcock series. Yes. And one of the things that we learned about Hitchcock, we have no idea after learning about him and watching most of his filmography, was that he kind of set the stage, set the tone, and did like big action set pieces in big, well-known locations. Yes. And that hasn't changed. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Um, You know, the next 50 years, we're still doing that. I mean, people love it. It's amazing. People People love it. it. Yeah. People love it. Uh, So, yeah. So that's John Wick 4. Anything else about John Wick 4? Nah, I mean, you get it. If you know, you know. (laughs) Yeah. If you know, you know. Yep. All right. So my number, that was my number three. So I'll jump back to my number four. My number four is. Wait. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. I'll jump after. Yeah. My number four is Air. That's my number three movie. And that's why I had us go back and forth. Yeah. So. All right. Talk to me about Air. Yeah. Air. Uh, The story of a struggling company. (laughs) From rags to riches story <laughs> of them <laughs> trying to sign the most famous athlete of all time. Um, I really love like a good, you know, just it feels like a dad movie. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. You know, you, oh, you have like a time setting, you know, a place in time. You have the music that hits, you know, that soundtrack. The is soundtrack. Fire. So good. It is so good. Uh, and then you have actors that you really like just having fun acting, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have to be doing this physical scene or anything. Dialogue could be a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. back and forth. And what one of the craziest things that really this is a side thing. This is a tangent. Um, <laughs> but coming out of that movie, one of the most surprising things to me is that my sister was like, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his thing, but like Jason Bateman. Oh, (laughs) and I was just like, wait, I'm sorry. You're telling me that Jason Bateman does it for you? And she was like, "Eh, yeah, that, and I was just like, okay, okay. That was a side tangent there. Oh man. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, well, Ben Affleck in that, Curly hair wig. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> just horrendous. Horrendous, horrendous look. <laughs> horrendous look. Um, but I love that movie too. It's my number three movie so far in yeah. this mid year this our mid year review. I had a wonderful time with it. It is all about dialogue. It is all about charisma going back and forth with these, you know, power players. These actors who can you know, write a script and and take it somewhere, you know? Yes. Yes. 
I really appreciated it. And Viola Davis, powerhouse actress, can't do wrong when you have Viola Davis in the movie. She plays MJ's mom. Honestly, if you haven't watched Eric because you think it's a dad movie, please do yourself a favor and watch it. Yes, definitely watch it. Uh, I will say that coming out of it, I really enjoyed that movie. I think it's a movie that uh, people should check out, especially because um, Affleck and Damon set up a an equity firm for the people who worked on the movie. So the better the movie does, the mm-hmm. more that the money actually goes to the people be- below the line. Mm-hmm. So that's always uh, good to see. And I think one of the best choices that the movie made was not showing Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. They never show Michael Jordan. They show him from behind. They kind of get like a side angle, maybe profile, but barely. Uh, yeah, I think it was one of the best choices they could have made is not mm-hmm. having Jordan in it because the story's not and about Jordan. It's not about Jordan. And Jordan has gone on record as saying, I had nothing to do with this. You're right. Exactly. Uh, I think it was a great choice because Mm. once you put someone like Jordan in the movie, you cast someone, it all becomes shadows. Oh, who's playing Jordan? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was a question going in like, oh, who's playing Jordan? And it was like, ha ha, they don't show Jordan. (laughs) So then, you know, then the rest of it, you know, can kind of settle and the story becomes about this underdog story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good shit. Which is hard to imagine Nike being an underdog, but... Back in the day. Back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day. All right. So that was my number four, your number three. So now we're down to our final two. Yeah. I I think we have the same two. I have a feeling we have the same two. All right. So what is your number two? My number two movie is Past Lives. So... Here's something kind of surprising. My number two is past lives as well. (laughs) (laughs) Then I know what your number one is, but let's talk about past lives. Yes. We covered it on the Tebok feed, which is our sister channel, the spinoff pod that I run. It really spoke to both of us. And, you know, that theater experience was really special, I think, and it made us think and it made us really emotional and sort of laid things bare for us. And if you haven't already, definitely check out the, the full review episode. But honestly, one of the best A24 movies I've ever seen, one of the best dramas that I've seen in in a while. And it just sticks, you know. It really It does. just sticks. Uh, I really felt for all the characters in that movie mm-hmm. just um, as for arthur <laughs> <laughs> arthur's a victim <laughs> it is tough i remember miguel coming out of it and just like what what a loser type of thing like oh that my was his God. energy miguel was Ar- so <laughs> miguel was so mean he really was because my brother doesn't doesn't really he doesn't really <laughs> if somebody's kind of putting themselves down Mm-hmm. My brother will go ahead and hand you more to yeah. put your down on because he is not the type to kind of lift you back up. He will be like, if you're not lifting yourself up, why should I help? You know, uh, so when the character in the movie kind of is giving themselves all this like outs of like, I'm, you know, I'm not what you dreamed of. I'm not. You <sighs> yeah, know. he had a lot of insecurities. Right. And my brother doesn't mess around with that. <laughs> so uh, but. I felt for every character because you have someone like Arthur who, you know, doesn't feel like he is what she dreamed for coming to America and like the lifestyle that she wanted. And, you know, she's he's coming about this from learning the information of this guy coming to New York to see her. You know, that's one uh, I feel for. I'm forgetting his name. Um, hey, song. Hey, song. I feel for him because it's a man who has not been able to get over his first love. You yeah. Know? Uh, someone yeah. who who longs for something that left his life at such a, you know, 
Impressionable age. There we go. Impressionable age. And then I feel for her, Nora, because this is a, a girl who's been taken out of a situation that she grew up in, went to a new country, trying to make better for herself, still wants to have an attachment to the past, still wants to be able to live with that Korean side of her. But at the same time, she's already here in America. She's already developed into an adult, you know, with American customs. She is the definition of a Korean American or Mm -hmm. she went to Canada. So Korean Canadian. Oh, yeah. But she is Korean Canadian. (laughs) Yeah. Korean Canadian. But she is Western now. Mm. You know, the mindset is there. So but wanting to still hang on to the past is still, you know, it, it hurts sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we see that at the end of the movie. Like, the movie, the way the movie holds on pauses and the dialogue and the spacing that it gives. Because, you know, most movies, people kind of rat-a-tat and, like, they talk <laughs> and then immediately that person already has the response, like, this elegant response. And this movie is more like they say something, the person actually thinks about it. And it's like... Mm-hmm. How do I respond to this? What do I say? Um, it's a beautiful movie. And it's, yeah, it's an amazing first-time director, Celine yeah, Song. Song. Um, so I'm excited to see what comes from her next. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's Past Lives. That's our number two movie. Our number one movie, we've come down to it. Yes, we have. Should we try and say it at the same time, or do you think we're going to fudge it? Um, let's see if we could say it at the same time. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> the whole Our, the whole title. The whole title. Okay. All right, here we, go. here we go. Our number one movie of 2023 so far is Spider-Man, Spider-Man Across, Across the Spider-Verse. The Spider-verse. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried. Uh, but I think this is kind of an obvious number one. Oh yeah. Like as soon as we walked out the theater it was like Good luck to the rest of the movies this year. Yeah, Um, pretty much. The story. I'm going to start with the story because the story of a kid, a teenager growing up and wanting to be accepted by the family that he's choosing. He wants to choose that family, but that family's not choosing him back. Mm, Oh. Yeah. And then at the same time, Blood family is putting all this expectation and hopes on him. Mm -hmm. He just wants to be him. He wants to be himself. Mm -hmm. And right now that himself is being the neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, he's he's been thrust into that position and he wants to do it. He wants to be it, but he doesn't want to do it alone. He wants to do it with his friends. He wants to do it with that chosen family, with Peter B. Parker, with Gwen Stacy, you know, with uh, uh, Spider-Man <laughs> Noir. You know, he <laughs> wants to do it with these characters, um, but he can't. Well, I think it's also about just understanding, yeah. right, that they get him on a level that no one else will ever be able to understand his struggle and the struggles of a hero and the pressures and the demands and he just wants that kindred uh spirit those kindred spirits around him and he can't physically cannot have them in his life right it's like impossible and then there's the other part of the story where um he's being told that he's a mistake oh my god he's an anomaly he should have never happened type mm-hmm. of thing the spider was not supposed to bite him he stole someone else's destiny yeah and you you have miguel o'hara in a intimidating performance by oscar isaac mm-hmm. voice performance and just the betrayal that uh-huh. miles feels by, yeah because when because everyone else knew everybody else knew yeah and so All the other spideys knew but i love that he's like everybody's supp- telling me How's my story supposed to go? Nah, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Miles Morales. Let's go. I, the best be honest, OST. Oh, yeah. The OST the is best OST. fantastic. Please. Please. Uh, 
I love that OST. My God. Especially animation the- styles. I mean, we covered all of this in our review for Across the Spider-Verse, but 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10. Would totally watch it again. Would recommend it at any time. Um, and the one thing I will say, uh, this is an addition to uh, my feelings, is that Miles Morales has become my Spider-Man. <gasps> it's no longer Peter Parker. What? Yeah. Peter Parker's not my Spider-Man. Peter Parker who? Exactly. Never heard of him. Get out of here. <gasps> Miles Morales is my Spider-Man. Miles Morales. So when I say I want a Spider-Man movie, it's not. I'm not saying I want a Peter Parker Spider-Man You movie. don't want Pete? No. Petey's out. Petey's out. <laughs> Miles Morales is my Spider-Man. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I-, I came to that realization, you know, almost in the middle of watching the movie, but then thinking about it, you know, every once in a while, he, you know, I'll think about something from the movie that just resonates so hard with me. Like his upbringing, there's like similarities in terms of like being Hispanic and the culture, the yeah. culture, the culture is such a tying in to it. So to be able to see someone of your culture be recognized as a hero and such a big deal hero, in such a quality movie. In such a quality trilogy. movie. Yeah. Which, I mean, has all the makings of being the best. Trilogy of all time. Yeah. Up there. Up there. In the conversation. In the conversation. They just have to land the plane, which I... I, I think they'll do for, it. Through two movies, I can, I can trust that this team can get it done. Yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So yeah. Do you think do you think Spidey will win out against Tom Cruise and Barbenheimer? And any other of, and any other movies that might come up during the Oscar bait season? That's a tough <laughs> one. That is tough. Um <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. Um I don't know. I Damn. don't know. Because this movie is I, I think so I've really made you good. think Oh man. So good. Yeah. Now, this is not going to leave my top 10 by the end of the year. I don't think it's going to leave the top 10, but will it still be like top two? Do you feel? That's a tough question. I need to know what what else. The next week will be really telling. Yes. The next week and a half will be telling because three movies um, from people that I really like and I really You're a Nolan bro. I'm a Nolan bro. Look, I I'm not going to hide. <laughs> I'm not going to hide. I love his movies. Um Tenet it's still Tenet's shaky. <laughs> That's a, a little shaky. Pandemic movie that but, we like to not think about. No, it hurts but, my brain. You know, I'm I'm still a Nolan guy. I I like his movies and everything. Um then you got Mission Impossible. <laughs> Which I told you at the beginning of the year. Good, Good luck. Good luck taking that out of my top 10 at the end of the year. <laughs> so I've heard amazing things about that movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I'm so excited for what Greta Gerwig is bringing to the story wow. of Barbie. Oh, my gosh. And I thought this the other day. Uh, by the other day, I mean three hours ago. That the original Barbie movie was Legally Blonde. That is the original. That's yes. the original. Yeah, it is. Barbie I mean, movie. it's. It's Barbie. She's in college. She goes to law school. She becomes a lawyer. You know, (laughs) lawyer Barbie. She has a Ken. She has a Ken. She does. She dumps Ken by the end of the movie. She does. And I... Here's the crazy thing about this iteration of Barbie, this movie, is that originally it was supposed to be Amy Schumer. That's the thing is that I keep hearing they were trying to do like this really woke... Yes, Barbie, and, oh, not anti-feminist, but just sort of like an alternative, right? You know, something about not, a, not the looks. It's not right. about the looks type of thing. Yeah, and they had it was completely different team. Amy Schumer was cast, and then it sort of fell apart, and they built it back up with the true brand of Barbie. Right. So, if I could uh, read real quick, uh, so Diablo Cody was the one who wrote the original script. 
and basically was trying to have a girl boss feminist twist to to mm-hmm. it. So it was like supposed to be an anti Barbie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, at, in a Barbie movie, pretty much. And when I was first hired for it, I don't think the t- culture had embraced um, the femme or the bimbo as valid feminist archetypes yet right if you look up rb on tiktok you'll find this wonderful subculture that celebrates the feminine but in 2014 taking this skinny blonde white doll and making her into a heroine was a tall order that was what cody said uh so obviously this is a movie that's been coming around for a long time um at the point where the movie was supposed to come out in 2017 Mm-hmm. with Schumer but it it never happened and so once the Lego movie came out yes that's where everything kind of just like changed and they were like you know what we're gonna go in a different direction and yeah, so so wildly successful yeah. and they even brought Will Ferrell from from the Lego movie they just like yep yeah. they're like mm, we'll keep this <laughs> so I honestly am more excited about having this iteration of Barbie um, because I believe in the writing team that's behind it. Uh-huh. Greta Gerwig, Noam Baumbach. And I believe, in, I believe in the stars of the movie as well. Yeah. Margot Robbie and I Ryan think the Gosling. cast is expansive. It is. And super diverse. Yeah. And they know how to have fun. They really you do. You can see how much effort they're putting into the marketing campaign. Of course, it's Barbie, which is one of the biggest brands of all time here in the West. So um, <laughs> they probably have a little bit of a chunky marketing budget. But I love the enthusiasm and the love that the cast and crew seem to have for this movie. And that makes me think that the movie is going to be really good. Yeah. That they are... You know, they're preaching the good word of Barbie out here. <laughs> Everyone's showing up in pink. Like, this is a united front. Yes. And I cannot wait to see it next Wednesday. Yes. So we're recording yes. on a Monday here. So I am so ready for that. I'm stoked. I'm ready for the second half of the year. The second Me half too. of the year is going to bring some I'm ready. stuff. Yeah. We're going to have... It should be fun. A new Fincher movie. We're going to have a new Scorsese. We got Dune 2. Dune? How could we forget to Dune Part 2? Yeah. Dune. When I saw that trailer, I was like, let's go. Yeah. Come through. I am ready to go. Oh, my gosh. Take me to the sands of Arrakis. <laughs> let's go. I want to feel the spice in my skin. Please. <laughs> and I, I want to see. I want to see Austin Butler. <laughs> Mama. I have to go after the Moadi. The best joke. The best joke. <laughs> Every time I see a new video, just when I think the joke has died down, I see another video of someone imitating Austin Butler's um, Elvis voice as his fe- really soon character, soon to be <laughs> character from Dune. And I die laughing because it's never an average impression. No. It's always a super spot on impression. And it always, almost always, it starts with mama. (laughs) Like, it's almost always like that. It's like, mama, I have to see about this Paul Atreides. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid, but I love it. I love it. I love it. That love is one it. of the I best love... things movie-wise that has come out of 2022 oh, that carried over into 2023. Yes, yes. Because Elvis <laughs> was just last year. Yeah, it was just like... And people will not let him live it down. Well, he people didn't let it not... down. No, that's the thing, too, is that, like, he oh. carried the accent over into 2023. And people were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Why is he still Elvis? Why is he in still in March Elvis? in 2023? <laughs> that movie came out in June. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's these things that make me really excited to talk about movies and you know put our thoughts down on the mm-hmm. podcast because 
it is so entertaining. Um, you know, obviously the movie experience is sacred or whatever, and we really enjoy it, but you know, we don't take ourselves that seriously. And I love finding other people who have the same sense of humor, who are just bringing it to the socials and letting us have this moment all together. And I I just don't know if people who are outside the movie uh, bubble that we're in will understand these really niche jokes. Because I feel like the average person, like you pull up to a Walmart and be like, mama, and you show them this TikTok or something. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. Yes. No. And and you kind of feel that way. Like, you know, we we go to church and stuff. Like, you'll talk to people, you know, <laughs> and, you know, they're not into the movies. Maybe they'll watch movies. But, like, right. you, like, try to, like, bring up anything outside of the movie. Right, right, right. And you have, like, this, like, deer in the headlights. Like You start you naming about? actors. They're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what who you're that is. saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> It's like a different language. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, yeah, it is fun to always talk movies with someone, which is why I appreciate uh, talking to movies with you for sure, because we we get it. We get it. We get it. So much fun. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. So uh, that has been our discussion and our talk about 2023 so far. Why don't you let us know what your favorite movies are so far this year? You can let us know on the socials. At Always Critic Pod. Uh, if this is your first time checking us out, thank you so much, first off. And then number two, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. So that way you could check out our newest episodes, especially coming soon. We got Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. We got Barbie and we got Oppenheimer. We got that all in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, check that out on your favorite podcast app. And finally, if you're already a fan, just, you know, Get on Patreon. Patreon.com slash always critic pod. It is a great way to support us. We can continue providing as much content as we can through there and through here on the podcast feed. So check us out. Patreon.com slash always critic pod. All right. And that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. (laughs) 